episode of Salty Thoughts with Tamal Dodge. So today's guest is Dylan Werner. He's a handstand prodigy and inversionist extraordinaire. Um, we are excited to have him on the show, and it is great to have you here. It's an honor. Thanks. Thanks for those amazing titles. <laughs> Normally just go with yoga teacher, but I'll take it. Yes, well, you know, it's not just a hype. I think it's actually a reality once people get to watch some of your videos and get to take some of your classes and uh, see what it's all about. And, you know, I think that's one of the intriguing things about our conversation today is I know there's a lot of people that are watching things that you are doing but don't know a ton about you and so I thought we would go kind of back into your history if you're willing and dig around and see what we can come up and so people can get kind of a personal look on you and your life and um, also look at some of the things that you're passionate about things that you used to be passionate about and also kind of your message and things that you want to carry in the rest of your life to your students and anybody you can reach so let's go back to let's say your childhood where were you originally from so i'm from southern california in a little mountain town called lake arrowhead which is pretty close to big bear most people are familiar with big bear around here not so much like arrowhead uh, i was born up there raised up there went through high school and then um should i just keep going with like yeah give it to goes? us all right <laughs> so i grew up an only child and I also grew up as the oldest of eight. So wow. my father only had me, my mom had me, and an irresponsible amount of children, <laughs> I think. They're not, they're not all hers. Uh, it's kind of like a Brady Bunch type thing. Right. But so I got to experience like growing up being you know, the only child type thing and then also having a full house, uh, which I think, think was pretty good for being well-rounded. Yeah. Are you really close with your other siblings? Some yes, some no. Yeah. Uh, when you have that many, it's hard. And the age gap between me and the youngest, uh, the youngest are actually twins, is 14 years. Wow. Yeah. So, Huge age gap. So when they were four, I left uh, for the Marine Corps at 18. And then the next youngest is, is four years. And I'm probably the closest with her just because we're, you know, most similar in age. Mm. So, um, question for you: Were you always like an athletic person and physical as a kid? Yeah, uh, I've always been strong. I've always been really short. Like when I was young, I was join the club. Yeah, oh, I now it's now it's a blessing. But when I was young, <laughs> I was like, I remember I entered in, into high school. I was five foot two. I weighed eighty eight pounds. Yeah, and I could do like twenty, thirty pull ups at. 12 years old I was yeah. just I was really strong and I was, I was so little but the only sport that I was able to do being that small was wrestling right because like they and I remember actually when I started wrestling I was at the absolute minimum weight that, <laughs> that you could be and wrestle and so everyone was so much bigger than me and and I, I kind of put on a little bit of weight not much I think uh, when I graduated high school I was 5'7". I weighed 125. Yeah. But I wrestled 103 through 125 through high school. And I snowboarded and I wakeboarded and kind of just did skateboarded. Anything that I... Anything on a board, really. Yeah. I uh, grew up on a lake, so lots of wakeboarding and stuff. And then... Um, yeah, so it's kind of always been really physical. Always been really good at moving my body. Uh, really into working out and stuff I remember like because when I grew up it was really like I was kind of like an only child and I kind of had a pretty rough rough childhood um, with just like a really nasty stepmother and mm. a dad that was gone all the time so a lot of time by myself and my dad had full custody of me so I kind of stayed there but I remember I had like Hulk Hogan uh, work uh, what is it the Hulkamania weights <laughs> like they're two like three pound concrete weights and a little workout thing and I'm like I don't know, 
eight, nine years old and I would just be in my room and just be like lifting these little concrete things, doing this workout stuff to this tape. Like I was, I was way into it. Uh, yeah, just, uh, so I kind of took that. I was a really strong wrestler after, after high school, I joined the Marine Corps and I got, I made it onto the all Marine wrestling team. So my, my job in the Marine Corps was, I was a crash fire rescue which is like an airport firefighter but I actually spent almost all my time just on the wrestling team yeah and I got to travel all over the world and wrestle uh, open division wrestled against some Olympians and stuff I was pretty good I was like third in the nation in Greco seventh nice. in freestyle and I think I learned I attribute to a lot of like how I'm able to touch people and assist them into poses from from wrestling because wrestling is all about moving people mm-hmm and understanding weight and body transfer and how you know being able to take somebody and move them and place all their weight on one foot you know you're doing it to take them and make them unstable but you know the same you if you know how to make somebody unstable you could also make them stable right you know and just being able to feel comfortable touching touching somebody and moving them purposefully yeah and you know as, as a yoga teacher that's one of the biggest things is like when you touch a student have a purpose know how to move them yeah. and if if you know how weight works and body dynamics it, it really helps so I did that kind of towards the end of my wrestling career I started doing martial arts and so my life was was kind of insane with with fitness I would I would ride my bike like five miles to the gym which uh, which I lived right off base I was in the Marine Corps, so I was right, at, right outside of Camp Pendleton. I lived in Oceanside, and i ride my bike there. Then I'd work out for about two hours lifting weights with all-marine powerlifting team. And then I'd wrestle for about two hours, and then probably run or swim or something like that, then ride my bike home, then get in my car, and then I would drive <laughs> to Redlands, which is where like a lot of my friends were living after high school. They all moved off, off the mountain. Right. And I would do martial arts, and I'd do back-to-back classes. I just got really big into it. Then I'd drive back, and I did that, like, four or five days a week and weekends go out and do tournaments um did that for a few years through my my marine corps career i ended up going to iraq and uh did a little time over there yeah and uh after after iraq i came back and i got off uh i got actually went back to the, the wrestling team for a little bit just uh, as i was separating and then moved to Redlands. Yeah. What inspired you to go into the Marine Corps when you were, how old were you, 18 at the time? I was 18. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so funny, like, because if you see where yourself, I'm, I mean, I'm 34 now, so I still feel really young and probably just as immature, but I was, I was you know, 18, I was really immature. And I wasn't quite ready for college. Yeah. I was, I was having such a good time, and I've always been the kind of person I just, like, have a good time with life and enjoy everything probably too much. And so I wasn't ready, and I was like, uh, I had a friend that was going to the Marine Corps, and I talked to a recruiter, and he's like, you know, you could jump out of helicopters, and you could be a firefighter, and you could do all this cool stuff. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Uh, Clinton was president at the time. So this was in 99. And I, I had no idea I was going to go to war or anything like that. Right. I just thought I was going to go play soldier and, right. you know. So, got on, joined, uh, went to the wrestling team, or went to, through boot camp, through my MOS school as a firefighter in the Marine Corps, about two or three months into that, went to the wrestling team, and that was kind of like, I, I, I just had the... the absolute best time in the Marine Corps until I went to Iraq which <laughs> right which can be expected right yeah yes. and and really when I went over there I was like the first troops we were the first wave mm-hmm. I went over in January of 2003 we invaded into Iraq in March of 2003 I was part of that group and then came back in June right so six months over there real quick in and out and then I was lucky enough to get out. Um, right. What kind of uh, martial arts were you doing when you were coming in and out of going to wrestling camp? Uh, 
lifting weights and then going to Redlands. I was doing a Hapdo Sul, which is like a Korean martial arts, like a mm. mixed martial arts type thing. And, you know, martial arts is... It was fun. I really enjoyed it. There was actually yoga. So this is 2001 when I started doing this. And actually part of that was yoga. Uh, it was called yoga. You know, I mean... It was it was hardly even asana really, but it was like once a week we did yoga, and a lot of that was like you know we do cobra and stuff, and I'd see these little kids put their feet to the back of their head, and I'm just like what, <laughs> and we'd sit in in boat pose in Navasana, and our sensei is like ninth degree black belt and seventy years old, just like five feet tall, and, <laughs> but insanely amazing but he'd just walk around all all stocky and stuff and then he'd be like oh tighten 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 and then he'd heel kick you in the stomach <laughs> and so that was like my first experience with yoga <laughs> as everybody's first experience yeah yeah and, and heel like, kick to the stomach <laughs> but but there's cool parts about it too because there was a little bit of meditation into it you know and we'd sit down and, the, and we would meditate before pretty much like like every practice like, there was this centering in thing which that was like my first experience with anything like that, you know, because I've always done just, I mean, even that was really like physical, not much Mm -hmm. spiritual or any kind of going below the surface. And so that was kind of like the first part of that that I'd ever been introduced into. And I did that for a while. And it's actually when I left for Iraq that I stopped doing martial arts. Mm -hmm. So when I got out of the Marine Corps, I didn't do that. I, I um, moved from San Diego to Redlands, a bunch of buddies. We, I was playing in a band since I was like 14, so mm-hmm. we all moved in like the same house and we just played music and I worked at a coffee shop and I had no <laughs> zero aspirations to, to do anything right away. Like I wanted to be a firefighter. That was kind of like my, my goal was to, you know, go through... EMT school and go to medic school and get my degree in fire science and so it was like that was like my path but really I was just having a good time playing music yeah and what kind of instrument were you playing when you're in that band uh I was a bass player very cool so I play I play kind of everything now yeah uh, bass guitar drums a little percussion I actually recently started playing the hong or uh hand pan mm. so now i I've been playing that shavasana and stuff. I really, really enjoy it. It's a cool instrument. If you ever get a chance to, to play I want to one. check it out already. Oh, it's <laughs> it's kind of like has the same effect as a gong, where it just breaks up thought. Yeah. But it's very melodic. Yeah. And you can't play a wrong note because they're they're in a scale. So it's like if you have good rhythm and you learn how to hit it, it, you just go off on it forever. It's really fun. It's really interesting. It's like so many of the people that we are doing podcasts with have so many things in common it's really ironic and really wild i mean we were talking with liz arch we had sebastian bosch on the show and all these people have like past experience in martial arts so many of these people have had these interesting dynamics in their life with movement exercise and similar happenings but also just different enough that it's pretty wild to see everybody's connections and where they came from i think it's wild that so many people come from a a martial art background it's really um, I think wild yeah. and I think it's something that you pointed out um, earlier in this conversation that you know it helped you become a good teacher and your assist in the way you, that you touch people in your classes just knowing where people move and stuff like that and I totally agree I mean even our sound tech who's recording this right now he's a black belt in judo and um, Sebastian is a black belt in judo and also a big jiu-jitsu guy and I think so many people that have had these more physical experiences prior to yoga it makes you less cautious and afraid of being physical in contact you're still safe when you're doing your adjustments but you're not doing one of those very odd strange adjustments like the worst thing you can get is an adjustment or even a massage where somebody's basically just barely tickling you and very very fearful of getting physical with you and i think people have had somewhat of a a martial art background knows how to just yeah. do the job and do it right and have right. something that's kind of like um, profound like people are like wow that was an amazing adjustment that was incredible what'd you do yeah I don't like uh, I don't like to be finger fondled <laughs> like when you go through someone's just like you know I teach teacher trainings and stuff and there's students 
and really I feel like um, that comes down to just being insecure touching a student not knowing where yeah. you're going it's like they think like they need to give you an assist but they're not they're not exactly sure where they're going to but they want to touch you and make that connection so they're kind of like okay well here it's like no this is where you want them this is where you want the shoulders the hips whatever so grab them move them and it's yeah it's the same thing like once you know how to move somebody and you understand it and if you know if you have like uh, jujitsu judo wrestling martial arts anything where you're physically moving somebody yeah. you know like you just take them there yeah you don't you don't need to to take this like long way around yeah and especially when you're if you have a huge packed class and you're like so when i when i assist students in standing postures you know i try to get in there really quick and out put them where you know i'm not trying to correct them or adjust them or anything i'm just trying to take them into the they're into a deeper variation of where maybe their body will allow them to go and so if i feel like i could bring them there i bring them there and then i get out or if i do it in like floor assist i like to get in there and like spend some time connecting and push them and yeah. maybe give a little massage or myofascial release or something and put them in there yeah i think when i first started teaching that was like one of the things i like really loved about it is assisting people and knowing and like seeing their body and looking and you know i've trained myself whatever i could see somebody how they stand or whatever and notice like if they have a bad knee or you know different you know a, their right hips tighter than the left or how their spine moves you know if they have scoliosis kyphosis lordosis or anything like that just by looking at them and understand how to move their body a little bit you know just a little bit more to give them something maybe create some space or take them a little bit deeper and so like really like i realized that was one of you know because we all have gifts and i think uh to become a great teacher you have to recognize what your gifts are and then hone in on them so if you're talented in a certain area you know spend some more time going down that road and that's kind of what's going to like separate you apart that's what's going to make you shines was gonna you know absolutely i couldn't agree more and um i think that's something that a lot of teachers um especially teachers that are still just trying to figure out their voice and what they're doing and where their strong points are is it just takes a lot of reflecting and self-meditation i'm like wow what are my strong points where how can i make this grow how can i do that and um you know figuring out how to make themselves a dynamic unique person and unique teacher um Going back to earlier, so after Iraq, after the coffee shop and the band, where'd you land? Uh, uh different things, you know, we'll go through. <laughs> I mean, so much, like, my life has, has been interesting. I went, I started going to college after yeah. that and got into a very serious relationship. We... You know, I, I proposed and stuff, and then it's like a two-year-long relationship. She broke it off. I flipped out, moved to Costa Rica for a little while, spent some time down there. Not not really moved. I, I kind of backpacked down there for like six months or so, just kind of... That's a long time. <laughs> and I, when I ran out of money is when I came home. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh -huh. like, I, I, you know, I sold... The, she gave me the ring back, so I sold the ring, had rented out the room that I was staying in and just kind of like within a month of of her leaving me left yeah and I think I had a lot of realizations through that time of just of what it meant to be happy and a lot of the things like I started to discover for myself you know and which like when I started onto this this path of yoga has constantly come back you know truth is truth no matter how how it comes to us or what form you know, it's always going to be truth. And so I, I started trying to recognize what that was. And when I came to like a realization of if I'm not happy where I'm at, you know, we're all going to go through struggles. We're all going to have stresses, tribulations, whatever, whatever it is that we need to go through because that's life. But to not be happy in a situation where it doesn't matter, as long as if you stay on that path, you're going to continue to not be happy. You need to recognize that. And so I recognized that I wasn't happy and I decided to change it and so I had I, I felt like I had a lot of personal growth and um, I just I came back understanding that I love myself more 
and I understood that what it really meant to love myself was to love other people and that if I couldn't show other people love and if I couldn't tell someone else that I think you're awesome I think what you're doing is fantastic and lift up other people really all that meant was I didn't feel really good about myself and so I kind of like that was my journey when I came back from all that was just to to lift my friends up to try to support them because I knew if I felt comfortable with that then I could be comfortable loving myself and it's something that I really needed to do especially like after um, yeah, I think that's um, really awesome, and uh, you know, I couldn't agree more with everything you said. And uh, I think that's a very honest and unique way for people to, um, if they can get there, uh, be able to teach like that and to be honest like that with themselves. Yeah. That the way to really reach people is to want to uh, help other people, and then once you help other people, you're secretly helping yourself. It's really unique. Yeah. Well, I had. I mean. Is also like I've been dealing with a lot of things that I didn't really know I was dealing with. Like, well, I was going, I was having some post-traumatic stress syndrome from from uh, coming back and the things that I saw, and so like I had a lot of pain in there, and a lot of pain from my childhood and just all this all this stuff that I just kind of you know pushed down, pushed down really deep, and didn't really let it surface, and it even took like. I think some of it even came up when I went through my teacher training, that stuff came up again and, I, you know, realized like if you're going to move through anything that you have to, you have to let stuff to come up to the surface. You don't have to change it, you don't have to work it, you don't have to judge it, you just, you just have to recognize that it's there and then it, it'll filter through on its own. Yeah. So um, how did you actually get into yoga like into yoga so I had been when I got into yoga okay so fast forward quite a few years I went through medic school I was working as a firefighter paramedic in Cathedral City uh, I think I just finished my rookie year or maybe I was somewhere in my second year working there I don't even know where Cathedral City is Palm Springs oh, okay so the desert set up like a bunch of fingers you got yeah all these little finger cities. Uh, Cathedral City is directly between Palm Springs and Rancho Mirage. Okay. It's kind of like the worker city where <laughs> where the lower income yeah. and all that, they kind of, sorry if you live in Cathedral City, I mean, you, you know that if you live there, so it's not, it's not a surprise. So, uh, but there, there are, it, it's interesting, there's nice parts of Cathedral City, like if you get up towards the, the base of the mountains and stuff, there's some really nice homes, but Anyways, so I was working out there, and I was living in Redlands, and I was rock climbing like four or five days a week, as much mm -hmm. as I could. Every day that I wasn't at the fire department, I was I was climbing. Were you bouldering? Bouldering. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was really strong. I was bouldering like a V nine. Wow. Uh, I still climb a little bit, but I I also like attest a lot of where my strength comes from to rock climbing or understanding what stability is mm -hmm. because so much more than strength you know we all have like people work strength they work pushing and all this stuff but when you when you understand how to keep the body stable is when you understand how to keep the body light and that all comes through core engagement and I'd be climbing stuff and you'd be holding on to basically a potato chip you know that's just razor sharp and you're trying to do almost like a one-arm pull-up in it and you're just pressing through your toe as hard as you can and you're on another potato chip reaching <laughs> for like half of a basketball you know and it's and any kind of movement off of that that's not completely controlled like you you lose it you fall you're done yeah and so when you climb at that level you really understand the, the importance of core engagement core stability pressing out um but anyway, so I was way into rock climbing, and I had been dating a lot of rock climbing girls, <laughs> which, it, they're great, but I ended up probably dating too many rock climbing girls from the same gym, and I couldn't date any more girls. <laughs> and so I wanted, I was like, I need to, I need to get out. Like, and I don't really go to bars. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I drink beer, I drink wine and stuff. Like I enjoy drinking, but I don't, I'm not really like a bar person. Yeah. 
And so the first idea was to join a dance class. <laughs> and there was a dance studio. We checked it out, me and my buddies. And um, I was like, no, I'm not, not going to do this. It was... Uh, <laughs> And then a, a girl that I'd known from high school who dated one of my friends, she's like, hey, you should really come to this yoga class. And I was like, yeah, yoga? There, there's so many pretty girls that do yoga. I'll, I'll go take a yoga class. <laughs> and so I walk into this yoga class, and it was hot yoga, and it was a level two, three. And I was like, might as well start with hard now. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to have... And I'm glad I did, because I feel like if I walked into a beginner yoga class or a level one, two, I would have never walked back in. Because I'm yeah. someone that needs needs to be challenged, but I was like, this is a good workout. It wasn't the hardest thing. I mean, I wrestled for all, for the home routine, and that was like, you know, I've been used to brutal, working, brutal. <laughs> but it was there was something different about it. And actually, at that point, about two weeks before that, I went and saw uh, a Cirque du Soleil show, and I, and I was like, I want to start doing handstands. Because sometimes I get into the like. So these ideas are like, I want a handstand, I want to do flips or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to start doing handstands. So I, was, I started practicing doing handstands at the rock climbing gym. And then um, went into yoga and it's like, you could handstand, you could do arm balance. I'm like, what are arm balances? I didn't know any of this stuff. And I just thought, I thought that was cool. And so, I mean, for my first attempt, like I could press from a seat to a handstand. I couldn't really hold the handstand, but I, I just, I understood my body well enough to move it like that and so I'm pressing a handstand in my first yoga class right. and the handstands were awful I elbows bent and oh, just horrible form but I, I had a good time with it and so I started going and there were a lot of pretty girls there and actually one of them ended up singling me out and asked me if I wanted to do acro and I was like okay what what's that and she was like I'll come over to your house and show you I was like sweet <laughs> and we've been together uh, four and a half years, and we're engaged now. So, Ashley Galvin. Yeah, Ashley Galvin. The famous, the one and the only. She she picked me out in like my first yoga class. She was in the front, and she was like, "I'm so cool." And then Red, you know, <laughs> I remember walking through, you know, like tall and skinny and pretty, and she was kicking up into handstands against the wall and stuff, and she, and she was really cool. And, but then she saw me and she's like, who's this new guy? Where has he been doing yoga? And then I'm like, I don't, I don't do this. I just, my warrior too. I'm sure I, my poses all were just awful. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't know yoga was something that you could be good at, honestly. Like I just thought. Uh, so anyways, met her. Uh, there, took care of the goal of meeting girls done. And so like now why go back to yoga? And I was like, oh, handstands are cool. And somewhere in there, like, then we ended up moving to another studio because the studio I was at was great, but it was um, it was a Brian Kess style mm -hmm. studio, which are awesome. I think is really good if when you're getting into yoga because it makes you feel good. Yeah. You're moving, but there's no focus on alignment. No one cares what a pose yeah. looks like. Doesn't care about getting deep. And I kind of wanted something a little bit more from it. And I I didn't know that I wanted more of the yoga more of the pranayama, more of, you know, the pratyahara, the jhana, you know, all that, like, but I did, I guess. Um, so I ended up going to another studio where the, it was a smaller studio, but the teacher kind of worked more with me, and he was really strong and in handstands and kind of helped me with my form and stuff, and like, I really got into it, I was practicing like two hours, um, like an you know hour and a half class and I practice like 30 minutes or an hour at home on handstands and arm balances and just kind of going through it uh, and I'd been doing yoga I think about six months yeah. and Ashley wanted to teach and as a firefighter I had no, no desire to be a yoga teacher you know I had my career Ashley was doing hair and so she's like she wanted to teach and I was like that's awesome I think you should I'll, I'll save up a little bit of leave and we'll go do a teacher training so we you know look for a teacher training and at the same time too the studio owner and his wife who was also a yoga teacher there uh, were pregnant and so they're gonna need subs and we're like mm. cool so we could you know we could sub it was like a perfect opportunity and they actually I mean 
I've been doing yoga six months. Actually, right. I've been doing yoga a year and a half. And they're like, well, we'll let you guys start teaching here now just to kind of get your feet wet. So I, six months, I'm already teaching yoga classes at a studio. <laughs> no teacher training or anything. But, well, they brought us, like, kind of took us in and under the wing. And, like, we gave them some private classes first. And, um, you know, they helped us out. Gave me um, light on yoga. I read that. And that's, you know, there's like... <laughs> Crushed just, that book. Yeah, just a... Like, Crushed it, digested, and put oh, it out there. I don't know if I digested that one. That <laughs> one's a hard one to digest. I really think, like, the first three chapters is all you really need to read on that to digest. Everything else just kind of peruse. <laughs> but anyway, so we found this teacher training, and it was in Mexico. It's called the Andara, and um, in Baja. And we picked it because it was cheap, it was close, and it was a 16-day training. Yeah. And so we're like, that's the one. I didn't care about who teacher, who to learn mm-hmm. from, or whatever. And we got down there, and the they do two trainings down there, but our teacher is this guy named Shane Christopher Perkins. He goes by Christopher. Uh, a couple years older than me, and the most amazing person I think I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. You know? just uh he grew up uh, he's he's incredibly knowledgeable and trained but he grew up in an ashram in virginia yogaville mm-hmm. i don't know if you've if you've heard of it mm-hmm. it's a pretty big uh i think it was started by i could be wrong by um swami sashi ananda i think that was the one he started but you know he grew up with a guru meditating at four years old his dad you know like same same thing like he grew up like it's different <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you would understand it so much more. It's different, like, being grown up that way. But it was in Virginia, you know? Yeah. So he was also the skinny little vegan kid that would go to an all-black school and get beat up, and but he was super good at dancing and just cool. <laughs> but then also just cares, you know? Yeah. Like, genuinely cares. Like, when he hugs you, it's just because he wants to love you. Yeah. And it was... And it was uh, no f- no fronts no show no just no genuine. nothing no nothing and like he's probably a, and then on top of it just being like the most spiritual knowledgeable like as far as like yoga goes sutras philosophy chakras any of that stuff he knows he knows it to his soul and he's a badass yogi <laughs> he can handstand he's strong as me as flexible as Ashley. And maybe not as strong as me now, but he's pretty strong. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely still quite a bit more flexible than I am. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's not, he's got his 500 hour through Dharma Mitra. He's got yeah. a 500 hour through Shiva Ray. He's taken a million other teachers and he would not need any of that. Yeah. He became like my total man crush, like right away. <laughs> just, and also became like a really good friend of mine. Um, That's when I decided I want to be a yoga teacher. In the middle of a teacher training. In the middle of a teacher training. Because <laughs> there was, it was something more. I realized that there was... It was weird. I've been doing yoga, but I hadn't really figured out... I didn't know what yoga was yet. Maybe I was only practicing asana, you know, thinking about the other stuff. But I finally... And the, the training I did, most of the training, like every other day, we'd sit two hours on the, on the beach and look at each other and just ask, like, how do you feel? You know, what's going on? And we just go try to dive down through the layers and stuff. And it was just, the whole thing was self-discovery. You know, it was Fadiaya. And that's, that's what the, I felt like that was the training. And so got back, started teaching three days a week. Um, then he, the, they were going to Bali and they were short a teacher because they do three different teacher trainings and they asked Ashley and I if we wanted to come and teach. We've, we've been teachers for six months. I've been doing yoga a total of one year. Yeah. He asked, and he'd been, I mean, they teach 15 or 20 teacher trainings a year. Yeah. They do two a month. Yeah. You know, and he felt like out of everybody, he asked us. That's he awesome. Said, you know, come down, do uh, come to Bali, do a teacher training, teach a teacher training. And so that was our first one, and you know, obviously I didn't feel qualified or anything, but I knew like if this person had trusted me, 
there's a reason why. And I, I mean, my, I have a strong, really strong background in anatomy. I've taken a lot of anatomy classes. I know the body really well and stuff. But I think, um, you know, what it is with being a teacher is that a teacher training doesn't make you a teacher. You show up a teacher. Teacher training just teaches you the rules. Yeah. You know, it teaches you the poses and stuff. But whatever makes you a good teacher is every step that you've made along your life because that's all you're doing. You're just sharing your own journey. And so I think he saw that in me and he saw that in Ashley and... You know, again, it's like when you when you can see the gifts in someone else, that's even, you know, it's even more special. And so we taught our first one, got back, um, you know, totally on fire, just going through the yoga thing, and then I got laid off. <laughs> and uh, that was hard for me because, the, well, the first time I got laid off was, was, was pretty hard. But... That like after I got I had my peak slip so I knew where my date was and so I called up Christopher and I said hey you got any teacher trainings you need and he's like yeah actually we, we need you know we need you to come down and I was like sweet so I came down and I taught another teacher training down there and I'm you know teaching a teacher training that's when I mean you know with all the all the trainings that you do you learn more teaching than you than Absolutely. you ever do in it and so I was just like you know, I'd be in the books, and I'd just I'd be like studying sutras and Sanskrit and everything, just trying to learn as much as I can. Because when someone asks you a question, you you want to be like, oh, this is what it is. You don't want to be like, oh, I'll I'll look that up and get back to you, which <laughs> I I had to do plenty of times. You know, I had to be like, I don't know, ask Christopher. I'm new at this. Yeah. Uh, so I was down in Mexico for two months teaching teacher trainings with Ashley. Uh, came back. They offered me back my job at the fire department. So let's go back a year before that. Year before that, I took Ashley. I was still a firefighter. I took Ashley to Thailand. So there's some time. I don't know. Time, time frames. But nine months before I got laid off, I took Ashley to Thailand for a month. When I was coming back, I realized that I was not happy. Though I spent 10 years of my life trying to become a firefighter paramedic, and that's all I wanted to do. I realized once I was there that that didn't make me happy. And that I was going to spend the next 25 years of my life in a job that I didn't want to do. Mm. And that was my only skill. I didn't, yeah. think, I didn't think you can make money as a yoga teacher. I thought my only skill here, I am, I'm a paramedic. I can do that. Maybe I'll go back to school and become a nurse or become a doctor or something. Uh, I didn't want to go to start for another, you know, I didn't want to do fire anymore. So I was like, I'm going to do something else. So I tried to start a company. Um, when I got laid off, that was a blessing. Should have stayed laid off. They hired me back on two two months after that because they had some people leave. So I'm like, okay, I'll do this until I can figure out something else. Yeah. Biggest mistake. Because of how our our MOU, like our contract works, so when I got hired back on, I was placed on probation. And probation in the fire department is a lot like um, if you're a what is it when you get picked up to a frat or a, or a sorority you're um, rushy yeah so you got to go through all this hazing and all this BS and stuff and I'm like I've been here four years you know like I got laid off because of financial crisis with the city mm-hmm. along with four other people you know, don't treat me like I'm brand new and make me throw ladders like every day like you would, you know, when I first got hired on. The thing is, like, when I got hired back on, I got stuck with a with a captain who didn't really like me. And when, when you work in a place, sometimes, like I said um, earlier before, before the interview, I didn't fit into the fire department. I was already a yogi, or I had started on that yoga path. And so when they're all doing whatever CrossFit or weightlifting or anything like that, I would be in the in the dorm room doing yoga you know when they'd be out watching football and stuff I'd be like sitting on my bed watching a movie or reading or something I just um my energy didn't work disconnected from the current environment so and they want you to they want you to be them when you're a firefighter you are a firefighter first at least in my department that's how it is you're a person whoever you are second like like that's 
and a lot of these people that's not everybody because you know obviously there's exceptions to everything but where my department is that's who you are you know that's who you are like who are you I'm a firefighter that's your identity where now like they ask me who am I I'm a yogi that, that is my identity but I identify with that I didn't identify with being a, a firefighter so I had a hard time so because I didn't really fit in after going through all this crap for six months probation to, to get off of it to be back where I'm back in the union I'm safe with my job and stuff I show up on my last day of probation my whole crew's gone my captain's gone the chief's there they sit me down they say your captain says that you're not a good fit for the department we're gonna let you go that was it the whole reason I'm like I'm not a good fit what do you mean I'm not a good fit I'm a good paramedic I'm a good firefighter I'm the most physically fit person here. Uh, I'm training for engineer. You know, like I was doing it. That's the other thing. If you do really well in some things like that, a lot of people like to, to hate on you. Haters always be hating. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is whatever. And I was so sad and I, I was so just hateful of that whole situation. Even though... It was the best thing for me, but I didn't. I was I was too nearsighted to realize that. So I remember I'm driving from the desert back to Redlands, just in my car crying, just like this is what am I gonna do now? The second time, like I put in all this effort, and like what am I gonna do? I had no idea. I had a mortgage um, and nothing to fall back on. You know, I was teaching yoga three times a week making $25 a class and I'm like well 75 bucks a week isn't gonna that's not even gonna feed me there's there's no way that I could do this and so unemployment kind of kicked in a little bit which was not enough for anything and my savings was just going to nothing and call Christopher and go do another teacher training this is our third one and uh when I was down there, one of my one of our family friends lives in the Palisades. Was like, "Hey, you're doing yoga. Why don't you, you know?" He was just offering up like, "You could come stay at my house, and in exchange, give me yoga lessons." Well, he was saying like, "You could come stay at my house when you, because I know you drive to LA a lot to take yoga classes, in exchange, you know, just give me a yoga lesson here or there." But I took it as you could come live with me. <laughs> and teach me yoga for exchange for rent, which wasn't what it is, but it's, <laughs> we're like, this is really weird. Why would this guy, you know, he lives, he lives across the street from my dad or has a house across the street from my dad. He's a gazillionaire, lives, yeah. you know, next, lives next to Katie Holmes, whatever, giant, I don't know. Whatever, so we're like, yeah, sweet. So Ashley and I ran out, we put our place up. We're like, okay, so what, this we're, we're going to move down to L.A. We're going to become yoga teachers. We're going to make this work. And I've been doing graphic design a little bit. And so I'll, like, I'll do some freelance graphic design to kind of make things work. Rent out the house because I can't afford the mortgage anyways. We'll stay with him until we can find a place. And we'll just hustle. Um, we are The first jobs that we got were down at this CrossFit gym in Torrance. So we're living in the Palisades. Torrance is pretty far away from the Palisades to go teach and I'm teaching like eight classes there I'm teaching three classes at another brand new studio um, Ashley's teaching at the CrossFit gym as well and it's like I'm teaching yoga above a Mercedes dealership and, and that's that was the room that's like and hustling just you know ended up being like teaching like 18 classes a week we finally found our own place in Manhattan Beach just still just teaching like a million classes uh, I didn't really have, I mean, that was like how we started. I didn't have like an Instagram following or anything when I moved down here. I think I had like 1,500 followers, which I mean is, is a lot. I didn't even start my Instagram. I actually started it. I didn't, I didn't care about social media. I hated Facebook. And <laughs> did, I, I was like, what's... So she started posting pictures, and I kind of had fun with it, and I was just doing whatever. And then my Instagram started to blow up. I did this challenge uh, with... Carson Clay Calhoun mm -hmm. and he was like he had like 40,000 followers and 
or maybe 20 or something, but I didn't have any. Yeah. For some reason, he agreed to do a challenge with me and like a million other people, all super awesome. I think Brian Miller, uh, Lamont, who Nightmare Tales, he was in the challenge. My buddy Daryl is Rock Halsteggs, he was in the challenge. Ashley, and then some other people that. Uh, so we had this huge, just like a ton of people. H, um, Harold Kim, who's a, that guy. So if you guys don't know who Harold Kim is, he's like Yoga H on Instagram. Doesn't have a lot of followers. I think he's well, a lot. He's got like ten or eleven thousand. It's because of him that Ash and I made it down here. He had um, he had taken class with me at Yogi's Anonymous, you know, and just kind of knew who I was and was friends with me on Facebook. But he's like, oh, you know, I posted like moved down to LA Facebook. He's like, oh, come down here. And he just started hooking us up, got me a job at the yoga loft. Would just tell, you know, come take this guy's class. He's awesome. And really, like, he was that person that would just rally the troops for you. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a teacher you are. If no one takes your class, no one will ever know. Yeah. He brought people to my class. And so, like, I owe so much credit to that guy. He's just, I mean, so much love for him. Anyways still teaching a million classes we do this challenge and then my instagram starts to blow up and i'm not really blow up like i had four thousand followers <laughs> so i just I, you know just started posting stuff more and more uh, and i remember i got i got to ten thousand, and that was when like you got you got a k like once once you yeah, hit 10k 10k i was like i got my k and still teaching a lot but starting to get some privates and stuff hadn't, hadn't done any really any workshops a couple local ones um and i think it took me about a year to get from zero to 10k which is pretty short it took me a month to get from 10k to 20 and then once i got to like twenty thousand followers then people are like asking me like hey come do a workshop here come do this and then i started doing that i got to thirty thousand, and then kodiak patrick beach said um, he told Paul, the owner of Cody, check this guy out. I think you should do an app with him, which I owe you big too, Patrick. Thank you for that. <laughs> and so I went in, I did this true strength app with Cody, uh, which has done really well. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, 4,000 people or plus just doing my, my fundamentals level, which is insane. You That's know? insane. And I've done a bunch of plans with them since and it's just it's been a cool thing and I started teaching on Yogi's Anonymous which I don't do anymore just because you know, didn't really work with my time but now I think today I'm at like a 170,000 followers yeah which is insane to me I don't know That's why amazing. I don't know why anyone would care to see my stuff <laughs> but, but yeah and then so social media kind of took off and now I'm teaching three festivals this year I'm teaching, I think a total, total number of workshops this year is somewhere around 80 workshops. Wow. That is a huge load. Yeah. I mean, they're like, they're like groups. I'll do like, you know, Friday I leave for Florida. I'm teaching five workshops in Florida. It's the best way to do it anyway. Yeah. Group it together. Yeah. So, and it's just insane. So now where I was like, I have no idea if I'm going to feed my, feed my face or pay rent or do anything uh, now it's like now yoga could sustain you know I could I could actually be like an normal person and teach yoga and, and it's insane to me because I I would do this anyways and I did it you know when it didn't pay me like that's I wanted to teach and now now I am teaching and I'm also making a living and I'm also being able like being able to get out there and, and share my journey and share my practice and um, people think like I just teach handstands and that's like the last thing that I teach right you know we could probably talk about handstands I'm sure at some point in this but... <laughs> that'd probably be the most intriguing aspect of the conversation we actually never addressed handstands with Dylan Warner <laughs> yeah and we're back just had a quick pee break um, been talking for a while so man you know your story is super inspiring and I know we've been uh going through your history and going through all of it. And I think uh, something that uh, we were just talking about on the break was um, inspiring, but also refreshing 
your honesty about your life and just being able to be open and just share your history without any like um, filters and not only that but just to share your passion about yoga I mean I totally agree I was I remember teaching yoga 18 20 classes a week making just like you're 20 25 dollars teaching at dive gyms and all over the place teaching at places where I was renting space and no one showing up and but you know at the same time I was happy it's like I may be in debt, I may not be making any money, but I would do it anyway. If anybody would ask me, would you do it again if you weren't making any money? I'd be like, totally. Because helping other people and doing what you love is more enriching than any kind of currency or payment or money, and I completely agree with you. Um, but just so we satisfy some of our listeners, let's talk about handstands for a second. Um, people always uh, ask me, even this past week, I was telling some of my friends, I was like, oh, I'm going to have Dylan Warner on salty thoughts and uh people like oh my god is that guy like an ex-gymnast was he just born doing all that stuff how did i know you were saying you were able to press up the handstand from like seated but you weren't able to stick it so well do you have a history in gymnastics at all do you have a history in acrobatics as people talk about and want to know so i guess as a kid i'd always walked on my hands yeah yeah you're walking your hands absolutely you walk on your hands yeah you just something you but I couldn't hold a stationary handstand at all. Yeah. Um, I never did it. I mean, I could do crow. Like, but I never practiced arm balances. I didn't know that was something that you practice or do. So right before I started doing yoga, like I said, I, I watched a circ show and I was like, I want to learn how to do handstands. And I couldn't prevent myself from walking. I just, I, that's what I did. I lose my balance, walk my hands. So I'm like, okay, I got it. I better not do this so i would take so i take those reebok steps yeah you know you step up on are the reebok steps i don't know what they are those those step up things and i would put my hands on the edge so i couldn't walk forward and i'd do a handstand until i fall and i never ever used a wall yeah that for some reason that that idea of using a wall never even occurred to me so i just practiced it and and i got better at handstands but then i like I re I retaught myself handstand several times because like I knew there was something different. I had been taking uh, some classes from some very famous yoga teachers down here that are very well known for their inversions inversions. But they had been teaching this concept that didn't feel right in my body. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole drawing the shoulders away from the ears kind of thing. And so I was like, this doesn't feel right. And then also the hands thing. So I started going back and like looking at gymnasts, looking at other yogis, feeling into my body, and then I was like, you know, I need to just go to the anatomy and start understanding what's the anatomy behind this. And so I, I learned a handstand from a, from an anatomical um, viewpoint, I guess, mm-hmm. to really understand like what's engaging, what's moving, how the shoulder blades work. I remember I taught, I taught my, uh, I took a handstand workshop from Heath House. It was the first workshop that mm-hmm. I ever took. And there, this was when I was living in Redland still. Yeah. So, uh, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but it's kind of my my journey through handstands is just learning how how to do them. Uh, let's let's answer the question first before I go off on a tangent. No, I didn't. I didn't do any gymnastics. I didn't do handstands. I did, I started doing handstands almost at the exact same time I started doing yoga. Mm. And. Through that, I, I started to understand what it was. Um, but I took a handstand workshop, and I'd, I'd been doing handstands for a while. Uh, and there was a studio owner that owned, it was called Updog, it's now Flywheel. Megan Townsend, you know she is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so she asked me, she said, hey, come to my studio, do a handstand workshop. I'm like, handstand work? And like, Heath would, and he's an awesome, you know, yeah. Heath House? Yeah, he, Heath House is great. Yeah. He's such a good teacher, like, uh, but he would like teach something, and then, and I think Calvin was in that class too, and they they look over me and they'd be like, "How do you do that? How do you press from tripod to handstand? Like, how do you do this?" And so she asked me to come down and do a workshop. So I'm like, "Okay," and just being like, "I'd like to be prepared." I was like, "Okay," so I set up a workshop. Do two days, three hours each day, handstand mm-hmm. workshop, six hours for your first one, way too much. So, so I'm like looking through it, I'm watching 
probably three or four hours of YouTube handstand tutorials every single day, reading through, just trying to, like, I mean, I'm going through, like, okay, so the glenoid cavity does this, and the serratus do that, and, uh, and you know, like, on every part of the, the rotator cuff, like, as much as I can just to understand, like, how, the, you know, I probably spent a month just shoulders. Yeah. Uh, so that really helped me understand it. And I retaught myself handstands, and then I taught that workshop, and then was like, I'm never teaching that. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> and now I teach a three-hour handstand workshop, and three hours, I, I, it's like a handstand arm balance workshop. I teach handstand, and no headstand, no forearm stand, and uh, I think crow. And that's like my three hours, and I'm just like... I don't do warm up. I, I I warm up the wrist. I don't do like a flow or anything yeah. like that. I barely make it. Anyways, so I got I got obsessed with just doing handstands. Somewhere in there, I learned to put my head down and close my eyes. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there, in this this hand this journey of of just doing handstands because I they I thought they were fun. I uh, started to understand what the purpose of them for me was Mm. and that was to dive within to go super deep super fast and so I started this practice of going into handstand closing my eyes putting my head down and holding it there and breathing you know I could on a good day for five minutes and put me in the deepest state of meditation that I could ever get into that's kind of an interesting thing with yoga. Before I started doing yoga, I knew something was missing. And I didn't know what that was, but I was, uh, it was something. And so I started jumping out of planes, got really big into skydiving. <laughs> and I spent a ton of money to get licensed as a skydiver, a ton of money on just jumps and stuff. And... Um, when I was jumping, I was like, I just felt alive. I felt present. And I didn't know that that was that being present. I was like, this is, this is it. But that wasn't my goal. My goal was just to jump out of planes and have fun. But in the beginning, that's what I, that I, found. I found. I found that I was present for the first time. And so I started jumping more and more and more. And the more I did, the less present I, I was because now it became habit. And when I started yoga, and I realized that was the goal, was just to be present. And when I made that that goal, it was like, I, I stopped jumping out of planes. And I really, this is, I'm like, this is what this is about. And handstand is a pose for me, more than any other pose that I'm able to be present. And I could, I mean, I could, we could do this interview, I could be in handstand. <laughs> I don't need to be present in handstand, but that's my goal. Yeah. So when I get into it, I put my head down, I close my eyes, I breathe, and I just start peeling away the layers and going inside as deep as I can until I'm just here. There's there's nothing. I mean, but now, you know. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. I say, you know, funny thing is, is for most people, if you're not 100% in the moment when you're trying to even do a handstand inversion you notice you can't hold it right your mind wavers too much your body wavers with the mind and it all falls apart but if you're actually 100% present how present you are you're actually going to be able to stick it and hold it yeah and it just it's like a testament to how present somebody can be also when they're in a handstand and be able to hold it so steady it's like wow they are so present right there in the moment focused 100% absolutely um I have a question for you also as well. Any tips for anybody that are out there that are trying to start their handstand practice? Uh, words of inspiration from your travel, travels of inverting that you can give people. Things that they should not do. Things that they should try to start messing with. Okay. Um, we keep, this could be the next three hours. <laughs> uh, real, like, real quick, not do's. Never handstand with your back to the wall. Unless you're doing scorpion or hollow back. Never kick up into a wall. When you kick up into the wall, to come off the wall, you have to bring the weight 
towards the heels of your hands. Well, there's nothing to stop you from going backwards. If you can do a handstand, you can do handstands against the wall, but if you can't do a handstand and you're trying to get away from the wall, every time you pull yourself away from the wall, you, you have nowhere to go. You, you haven't understand, you, you haven't figured out what balance is yet. Yeah. The wall is great because it helps take away fear and fear is the biggest thing that holds us back. You know, if we had no fear, everyone would just try it all day long, you know, and the people that I think succeed the most at handstands are the ones that don't have that fear of falling. Yeah. You know, and fear is just, for the most part, it's a, it's a journey of learning how to trust yourself. And sometimes that, that isn't easy for people. Uh, and so if that's a journey that's not easy for you, learn to trust somebody else and have someone spot you. Uh, find balance first before you ever worry about form. So I'd like to, I talk a lot about handstands as, or balance in general. It is like, um, so like when the Buddha became enlightened, after he went through all his trials and everything, he said, uh, his first teachings was that this, you know, the way to Buddhism, the way to enlightenment cannot be taught. Only through practice and experience will, will, you, will you ever know. And I think balance or handstands is kind of the same way. Like you could tell people all the little tricks and all the little tools to do, but until you experience balance and you feel it in your own body and you practice it and you practice it and you practice it, it'll never happen. People want to know why they can't handstand. They don't practice enough. Yeah, 100% agree. I always tell people repetition, repetition, repetition. Yeah. Like Bruce Lee said, I'm not scared of the man that practiced a, a thousand kicks one time or a thousand different kicks one time. I'm scared of the man that practiced one kick thousand times <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a gnarly kick <laughs> um that is awesome and um this has been a wonderful interview with you and a wonderful um just getting to know you better i'm i mean i've only known you for probably a year and a half two years and um i've learned a lot in this conversation with you and i know our listeners probably loved every moment of it and uh, i appreciate you setting aside this time in your busy schedule dylan and um i look forward to doing more stuff with you in the future thank you And um, for all of our listeners, uh, we'll be having more podcasts shortly. Thank you for tuning in. Namaste.